0: You guys think I'm busy? Well, I got somebody who's probably way busier than I am. Gerald Webb is next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives breaking into. You want to you, you, you rap? <laughs> you want to bust the rap? Go ahead, do a little yeah, freestyle. Yeah, got that
1: beat. It got me hyped. I'm ready to go. Let's get it in. Because this is Black
0: Hollywood Live. <laughs> not White Hollywood but, Live. not going to rap. Latino. I'm not, not going to rap yeah, because I, I
1: get cast in enough stereotypical roles, so I'm not going to step into the rap one. But you do play cops too, so that's <laughs> something else too.
0: Hi, you guys. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Into here on Black Hollywood Live. I'm your host, James Lai Jr. And of course, I'd like to bring you great guests. And this guy, I mean, he is a multi Hyphen I thought I was, I thought my hyphens went on and on, but your hyphens go over it too. I mean, he's, I mean, he's done casting, director, actor, writer, producer, he does films, <sighs> TV. I mean, he's just, uh, and obviously, raps also on the side. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad to bring you this gentleman, Gerald Webb.
1: Uh, you just made me tired of listing all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Uh, honestly, uh, we have all these hyphens. At the end of the day, it's filmmaker. Yeah. Because if you're a real filmmaker, you probably do all of those jobs at some point in yes. the process. But
0: well, not everybody does, though. I've had guests on everybody does. Some people do just one thing.
1: Must be nice, man. They must be really talented. But,
0: but my, <laughs> my, my question, though, it's like, so for me, I've always been a person who does multi things. Are you the same way, kind of? Are you always a person who likes your tentacles and well, I don't, stuff? Well,
1: I don't like to necessarily do like 50 things on a, on a job, but I've always had two sides to my brain that I was very in touch with. Like, most people that I meet, they're either in touch with, they're really in touch with their artistic side and maybe not so much as in with their business side or vice versa. Um, I've always really been in tune with both. And throughout my career in a lot of the areas that, industries that I've worked in, for whatever reason, both sides have had to be tapped significantly that have kind of helped me have the success that I've had.
0: Yeah, because you because you, we're gonna we're gonna do each actually I separated to each different category. <laughs> That's what to do with you. you he probably has to come back on the show like several times to cover everything. We'll just
1: make a new show, Black Hollywood Live. Gerald Webb's third okay. job, fourth job.
0: See, there you go. He's already <laughs> already he's already producing already. Jeez, you're worse than I am. I'm producing a lot. Um, now here's the thing. So I'm gonna start actually with the acting. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna show a little clip of some. That's uh, that you are. Is that you've done a bunch of different roles, and it's like we just gonna show a few of this.
1: Or oh, you found an old, old role. Yeah, I did. We got to show because
0: you've been around for a while.
1: Spread your legs. What we got here: solicitation and possession. You're very the convincing of the Thank out. you. Listen to me. I'm just trying to get this kid off the street. All right? Sure. You're going to send her to trade school. She's going to learn how to type. <laughs> <laughs> and you're good at
0: being swarmy. Frank Goldman. She you runs your vice
1: squad, right? You give Frank the call. He can vouch for me. William Banks. They, they, go of course. Powell, he's not on the it's like you have, I mean, you have to be, just
0: cut your teeth oh, and be on this show at some point. Yeah, in New York, they say I mean,
1: if you I haven't have been on a Law and you Order, like, you're not an actor. <laughs> right, so. right, exactly. Because so, I think mean, everybody's been on there. Where's Lewis? You know where he is. should have jumped. I never liked him. That's why you jumped.
0: <laughs> so you always got to play that where kind of... Going? There's some humor in there. I quit.
1: Everybody hey, used to think KT that was from Fridays, Lost. It's, it's like oh, from this so independent funny. film, yeah. I just might do that. There you are. Con oh. engine room. We lost power <laughs> to the turbine <laughs> generator. You see
0: this <laughs> stuff? You make you laugh. Oh my God! I did all this stuff. I did this. I've been
1: trying to erase some of this <laughs> from the <laughs> internet. <but. laughs> this
0: is good stuff. Look at that. Wow! That's right. (laughs) I love it. I love because because I want to show because Uh, you really. I mean, it's your it's your past. Obviously, it's yours. But it's like you've done so many different things, and for a black actor, this is Black Hollywood Live. For a black actor, that's. I mean, congratulations. That's amazing. Even this stuff, you may be like, I don't care for that so much. But still, you did it.
1: Well, thank you. I I mean, here's the thing. I I, I've never. I don't. I'm not one for excuses. um, But in my life as a minority, I've had to work really hard sometimes in most cases harder than others to get the same treatment um so you uh, know rather than use that as a crutch or as a complaint that's just helped me be good at what i do it's helped me learn multiple jobs it helped me learn how to be um successful and bring something to the table to other partners and other people that i work with that maybe other people don't um so for me it was really easy for me to transition from acting into producing because in other industries I had been in a position where as a performer I had to produce events in order to move up in the in in the chain yeah so uh that's just been my experience like I said I I don't I don't really complain about it um I don't really use it as a crutch if anything I'm thankful that it's it's made me work a little harder put a little more effort into it and be better at what I do to to have a little bit of success
0: you said something a second ago that I want to touch on is that because you're you're an actor has that made you a better producer, writer, and other as it has it informs your work in other ways?
1: Well, I, I think yes. I think it, it informs both ways. So uh, first off, for any actor out there, I suggest go be a PA, get a job working on a shoot as a PA or as a production coordinator, whatever job they'll let you do. And, and do as many of the different jobs on set as you can, because you find out really quickly as the actor that it's not about you it was never going to be about you like the whole machine is so much bigger that when you come to it having that knowledge i i come on set as an actor prepared to deliver because i know every minute that machine's not running that camera yeah. i'm wasting somebody's money and it's it's not a little bit it's a lot of money the bigger the show is so it just teaches me to really be a professional on that side of it um so it it it, it kind of crosses both ways um as an actor yeah it helped because i had been on sets i knew how they run, ran i was I, honestly, when I first started getting on sets, I didn't know what every job was. I didn't know what every, but like, I was like, what the heck's a gaffer do? And what, like yeah. now i like, I don't even think about all that yeah. stuff, but I would ask or I would look it up and I would read and I would try to be educated on what those people's positions are so that if in any place in life, if there's understanding between you and the people that you work with and you can get into their world at least a little bit and understand what they're doing you can create a different level of respect, you can create a better work environment, and you can create better relationships.
0: I like that. Because, I mean, I, I think you just said something that, that that I've learned in other industries where you say you should learn you know, how to you know, how to make coffee or, or how to copy things, it's the same, it's the same principle. It's like, <laughs> know what goes on around you, and then you can actually appreciate, you appreciate that staff more too. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: give you a perfect example. I, it's so funny you mentioned coffee. We just wrapped <laughs> a feature um, uh, literally about a week ago and we had one of our leads it was the last day we were shooting our last scene and it was literally close to the end of the day we were probably one shot away from rapping for the day so they had started to break down crafty and most of crafty was mm-hmm. broken down we were ready to Get out! Yeah, and one of our leads asked for coffee, and there was no coffee ready. Mm-hmm. So guess who went and got coffee? Like I, and we were, fortunately, we were we were literally filming at a shopping center oh, okay, up in Cine Valley. Go, okay. So okay. I just went and got coffee. So even with the producer title, mm-hmm. like I still get coffee occasionally because I wanted my. I was I was grateful because this actor specifically had busted his behind okay. and really worked really hard for us. Um, his name's Adam Huff. Um, mm-hmm. Huss, excuse me, Adam Huss. He's from the show Power. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. But uh, he had worked really hard for us and just had a great attitude yeah. the whole show. And I was like... I would have done it for any actor, pretty right. much. But, but for him, I was like, let me just go out of my way to go do it myself because this guy did a good job for us and has continued to be a trooper for us. You
0: know, you seem really nice and everything off camera, and I, and I think it's something that must be... Well, in, in, in relation to you, because you're a producer and actor working on sets, that must be something that must be really important. when You you want to work with people you like, right? For the most well, part, you spend a lot of time with.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, I, it's nice to have that as... Um, it's nice to have that as a luxury. At the end of the day, I need people that are professional and do their job right. first and foremost. If I like them, that's great. Right. I, I honestly think sometimes being being liked is, is a very good thing, but you also have to deliver. Because if I like you and you can't act, I'm not that's hiring true. you okay. as an actor okay. or as a gaffer if you can't gaff yeah. or you yeah. know whatever. So you have to be professional and do the job. And I think being liked is is a good luxury and tool to have. Okay. But I also think sometimes in Hollywood... A lot of people get jobs because they're liked and they're not really necessarily professional or up to the level of the mm-hmm. job. And that, for me personally, that's tough. Like, if somebody's working really hard and they just need to learn, I'll yeah. help them learn. Yeah. But sometimes there's people who they, they, they get over in life on being nice and, that's great for them but at the end of the day i want professionalism and being able to do the job first now don't be nasty either because nasty is the fastest way to be right about the door as quick as possible and people will ask me and i won't say things negative but i have producers who say hey i saw you work with this person you hired this actress this lead actress how was it and i won't i won't throw them under the bus but i'll be honest and say i i probably wouldn't hire her again that's all you need to say, folks. That says, that says yeah. enough.
0: But I, I don't to be you know, nasty For about that. That says you to say him too, him, him, or him. But I mean, you just I mean you saying that's enough uh, shade right there. Um, no, I, I worked on a sh- I worked on House one season, um, mm-hmm. and I did some guest acting on that. And this was years ago. I, I could you guys I give actors a lot of respect. I don't want to be an actor. Um, it's a lot of work. But there was an actor on the show who couldn't get this one scene. They had they had an acting coach on, and it, I mean, it took forever. Mm-hmm. And but he was super nice and I almost, now I'm trying to apply what you said to them thinking maybe they shouldn't have gave him that maybe, maybe they should have said at some point because it went on for a long I mean that's like, like a long right. well, time
1: it's tricky I, I don't know why this guy got that job what i'll say there are times where there are certain you know the job of an actor and i have so much respect for anybody who comes out here and pursues it because 98 percent of people in the world now want to do it none of them ever come out and do it so anybody who had the 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 courage to come leave everything they know and come here and try it i don't care if it's for a week a month or a year Mm -hmm. or the or or a whole career i have an immense amount of respect for that so there are times where as a job my job as an actor primarily is to go to all the places that most people run from they don't want to see me really the audience doesn't want to see me succeed they want to see me struggle for 49 minutes and then in the last two minutes miraculously succeed Mm -hmm. so my job is to let them see all of this struggle all of this heartache all of now i have to attach it to things that are real in my life um and you don't know you know the audience may not know what those things are but sometimes it's very difficult and it really just depends. So yeah, there may be times where for an actor, it takes him a little longer to get to something. So I'm careful not to judge because I don't know that situation. If it was you know, if you told me, well, this actor came and he was unprepared and had a bad attitude and didn't know his lines and treated everybody like garbage, even like then I'm like, all right, you probably shouldn't do that. But even then I'm like, okay, well, who was he playing? Some people are very method. So they go to a place that's, you know, I've had some roles where I'm like, I say to my business partner, listen, um, when I arrive on set, I'm. I'm not me. I'm this dude. Oh, okay. okay. And I've even said to him on, in, spe- specifically on one movie where I had to deal with the death of my wife, the murder of my oh, son, God. like this, these, these high, high stakes. Yeah. I said to him, Hey, when I'm on set, um, pretty much I'm gonna be in this space this whole day or that whole day, so limit limit who, who well, interacts with me yeah. you know whoever has to interact with me cool but right. like just make sure people know it's not regular One up and go hey what's up Gerald Day that's not today because they're going to say that to me and I'm going to just look at them like
0: because you're in my mo- oh my god that's interesting now on a day so, like that because yeah. no, you're very funny I think, I was also but on a day like that though how do you come out of it
1: Um, Well, that's the thing, man. Like, sometimes you don't. Sometimes Mm. you carry it home. Sometimes you carry, you know, I've had things where I came out of it and off and on for a a couple of weeks, I would have those thoughts, you know, because I had to go to very personal things and deal with things. So, you know, the funny thing is if acting is very therapeutic and it can be in a good way or a bad way, depending Mm. on how you handle it. And it's going to be that that's our job is to, you know, the audience may not know that I'm going to one of my personal tragedies, whatever it be, you know, someone that I lost that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that has passed away or a breakup that I had, or, you know, something, you know, uh, you know, I was the victim of an assault with a deadly weapon in real life. Like, do I go to the fear and the Mm -hmm. energy and the pain and all that, that I went to went through with that. Um, they might not know which of those things I'm going to, Mm -hmm. but the audience can tell if it's real or not. If my emotion is real, they, they assign it to the circumstances that we paint in the script and on the, on the screen, Mm -hmm. but they can tell if that, if I'm going real or if I'm just faking it. The uh, camera does not lie. No. And it, it really and does And it's there forever. Right. Forever. Like, it's not going to be watched once. If people aren't sure, let me back that up and watch it again. Sometimes people may watch, like, I've watched something where I'm trying to figure out this scene and I watch that scene three, four, five times mm-hmm. just in a regular show that I watch. Right, no, right, right, right. So, when I, you, you think I have a better insight on whether I believe that person the first mm-hmm. time, the second time, the third time? Mm, mm-hmm. I like that. Something.
0: I like that. That's cool. He's been in things with folks like Criminal Minds, uh, Battle of LA, NCIS LA, Stalker, which I love Stalker. and one my shows I like. <laughs> Workaholics, which is it's just either ended or ending, right? Isn't it ending? Yeah,
1: they just ended, man. I was so happy to, to do an episode yeah. of it. Um, what a
0: great show. If you guys have to watch it, it was it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, just, just crazy. What I yeah. like is that it was, you know, three guys got together and wrote it, and then they put the show together yes, and get out yes. there. It's very much like the, I did It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Yeah, as well. no, another one, yeah. And which is one. like my hometown is Philly and South Jersey so that yeah. was great but the same thing like three guys just kind of said hey, let's do this yeah. and it's been it's the longest running show right now so I, I love know. it.
0: I know, I, just, I I saw your tweet about that I was like that. You also did an episode of Franklin and Bass which I love that show. Uh, like uh, show.
1: Yeah, I got to do a one-on-one scene with Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, well, it's it's like, amazing. you like, so, <laughs>
0: You're like I, Clark McCarran just crazy just a little alone. And,
1: and, and, and the funny thing is um, I didn't really Watch that show prior to auditioning okay. for it, and then usually when I audition for something, i 'll watch a couple episodes okay. of the show just to get a feel okay. for it and then I watch the show and I realize whoa i'm all going I'm going in for a, for a audition for this role that that guy's played by Malcolm McDowell that's pretty cool, so it's mm-hmm. like super cool, yeah, no it is so uh,
0: uh, also you worked with Chevy Chase. Yes, and at Christmas in Vermont. Yes, I just worked like, with Chevy Chase last year. It's like, well, I mean, what was that like? He's a little legend too. Uh,
1: honestly, Chevy and his wife um, Janie are just a, are, are pretty cool. Right. Um, and we actually had his daughter uh, in the in the film too. We, we put her in, in a little small role in the film. He was just great. Uh, yeah. You know, just to... It, th- those are those moments that are surreal, like working mm-hmm. with him, working with Danny DeVito in a scene yes. On, yes. on. It's always sunny. Yeah. In some ways, like. <laughs> We're on Black Hollywood Live, so like oh, I don't, it, I don't know it. an African American actor or actress out there that's not like, yeah, one day when I do my scene with Denzel, <laughs> like that's totally real, right? That no, you're right. gonna do a scene with Denzel right. one day, right? <laughs> so you know, now it's like every black actor I know is like, yeah, when I do my scene with Denzel, and I'm super so, real though. I'm gonna do yeah, my no, scene I with know, Denzel. No, I'm, know, serious. No, I'm gonna do a scene with, with you. Denzel. I believe, believe, I believe. But no, but I think every actor, yeah, like, every, yeah. what's funny is like for some reason in my mind. Chevy Chase and like Danny DeVito were kind of like these impossibilities yeah like I just never thought of them as I never said that it was impossible but I never thought of it as possible Mm -hmm. until it happened so it was a really good lesson for me to go dude you I work in Hollywood I I produce and I act in major films and Mm -hmm. television shows Mm -hmm. so I could work with anybody like Mm -hmm. tomorrow I could work with anybody who is not dead (laughs) <laughs> like I, I missed out on doing a scene with Prince and oh, I Michael know. Jackson. My God. Yes, yes. And you know, but tomorrow I could be on a scene with Ed Asner yeah. or Idris or yeah. whoever. You know what I mean? So that, it was a really good lesson for me. But uh, it was a lot of fun in a Christmas movie, um, which we kind of produce a lot of those now. Yeah. Um, so big it was market a lot of fun. for him. So yeah. yeah,
0: I interviewed Ed Asner. So I I'm talking about, talking about a, like, again. Didn't grow up thinking I would do that. And it was a dream for me, and then it was on my show. And we, it was it was a dream for me, so yeah. I, it's like, but it's weird. We put these restrictions only because I think because we grew up at a certain time, and we are of color, so we we kind of go straight to black stuff maybe. We don't think about the larger picture like one that worked with Clint Eastwood. Like I whatever I work with something like, you know, but you could, you totally could.
1: But it's weird because for me, there were certain people that I just never thought about working with like those guys. Like right. in my mind, I've always like Unforgiven is one of my favorite movies yeah, of all time. Up. It's a good one. And um so I was always like, "Yo, like that's the dude I want to work like, I, like." So when, I, so that's like a target, that's like a goal, like to work with that guy mm-hmm. and to see, you know, I'm actually in the middle of writing a western that we're going to produce, okay, um, and it, it's a female reven- female-driven revenge, female driven revenge western, okay. okay, and it's going to be ridiculously inspired by all the spaghetti westerns, which are all yeah. Clint Eastwood, and they're mm-hmm. going to and Unforgiven and a bunch of other westerns that I love, you know, yeah. um. So yeah, so there's this weird thing where for a minute, even. Here's the deal, man. My my whole life, my life now, mm-hmm. is something that wasn't what was supposed to be. Yeah. My dad was a television repairman. He oh. owned two little businesses to do television repair. Like, what life was really spelled out for me was take over the family business or maybe go to college and get my degree and be a gym teacher or an accountant oh, or or work, or maybe just be blue collar and work somewhere doing something else blue collar and nothing wrong with any of that. No none, none of my family connections, the history of my family, nobody in my family's creative like from a standpoint right. of working in the industry. Right. Um, so my what was what was written out for me was, you know, just live in South Jersey or Philly and, mm-hmm. you know, just have a have a nice comfortable life. Great. If that's what you want, go for it. But it wasn't what I wanted. So every day the fact that like I've been in a hundred plus films and television shows and have produced a dozen plus films and put you know been a casting executive on a, on close to hundred films and a television network television show, all of those things are not are unbelievable. So my journey in life and the thing that I remind myself of in life every day is, dude, the unbelievable is is your life. That's what you live in. Like I have people that I used to look up to are my friends and mentors now. that now, too. Yes, I'm having that, too. You know, yes. like, it's like... And it started... It, but that's been my whole life. When I started DJing 20 years ago, like, Jam Master Jay, rest in peace, yeah. became one of my very close friends and my mentor. And he kind of... Sh- that That started the process of, like, mm-hmm. dude, anything. And I mean that for the actors out there, the producers out there, the mm-hmm. writers out there, the directors. Anything is really possible. Don't let your mind tell you certain things aren't.
0: That's a good lesson, not, and I—I I lived that myself. I mean, I, I changed my life late in life, so it's like I—I'm working it. So I'm like, it's just anything can happen. You can oh, do anything.
1: Congratulations, man! I love it. Thank I love you. it.
0: Um, also, you it's just you mentioned the casting stuff. I want to talk about um, Sharknado, <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three. I mean, you were part of the whole casting process, weren't you? Of that?
1: Yeah. Um, so. Uh yeah, that those are my cast: Ayn Ziering Tara Reed, yeah. John Heard. Um, all those first three movies, they were all my deals. Um, oh, uh, even... Those the, the leads of those shows were all my ideas. Um, and uh, I was really happy to be a, to be a part of something that just we didn't. The truth of it is, I worked for the asylum for for about five and a half okay. years. And we effectively have made that movie like fifteen or twenty times. Oh, Just right. instead of a sharknado, it was a giant shark, yeah, I remember or that. it was yeah, a shark was... and an octopus, octopus, yeah, or yes. or it was a giant <laughs> monster from the deep. Yeah, really. Yeah. If you really look at how those movies are structured, it's yeah. the same movie. Yeah, it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Something, whether it be a giant shark or a sharknado, causes right. havoc all over the world, and some crazy person comes up with an idea of exploding yes. something to break it up. Yes. So. We had done that all these times, and we thought it would get a lot of press, but we didn't think that, like, overnight it would become a household word, pop know, culture, biggest thing for, like, a three-year period of time. Right. And, you know, the funniest thing, the hardest thing was casting at, because before everybody knew what a Sharknado was, I was I, as soon as I looked at the script, I told my my bosses at the asylum, I said, guys, I can't get the actors that we want to read the script named Sharknado so I actually sent my offers out with a new title called Dark Skies so when they signed their contracts all their contracts say Dark Skies now we didn't hide that there was a Sharknado and you got to page 3 and you was like whoa there's a sh- tornado full of sharks, sharks in this movie Okay, okay. Um, So, but we, I had to get them to read page 1 Oh. and when they read page 1 and page 2 they went wow the way this is written it's written like this 30 million, 40 million, 50 million dollar epic picture yeah, yeah. with a Sharknado in the middle of it and now the rest is history
0: that is like if she started dinner that story. That's good. And and that is and it is the rest of this history. I watch all of them, mean, right? <laughs> Our our boss, Maria Remenutus was killed in one of them.
1: Uh I I hired her for Yes, that. yes. Yeah, so yeah. She was she's one by of the movies. way she's amazing and oh. just great. So thank you for having me on Maria. Yeah, she's the bomb. I love yeah. Maria.
0: Um yeah, so that's kind of funny. So that's and you know, but you did stuff for Sci-Fi Channel anyway cuz you also did uh, Z Nation.
1: Yes, I did. I put the series regulars on the first season, which pretty much were the series regulars for the first 3 seasons yeah. now. Uh the two series leads were my my hires and my ideas so um you know i i I, i've I've been fortunate to work quickly in a lot of things like i i started working at the asylum as a favor to a director named christopher ray and who's now my business partner fast forward a bunch of years but um and we own deinstitutionalized films together and produce films all the time but um i literally he was like hey i'm cast i'm directing this movie for this company and um i just can't be in all the casting sessions and i like your eye can you sit in and i was like hey as long as i don't have an audition i'll help you out and we did the movie and by the time we got done um the producers the partners at the asylum came to me and said hey we got another movie starting in like four weeks would you cast it for us and it was really it's really a funny story because it was a moment that i made a decision that i didn't realize what good and the, the repercussions of that decision would be because my first thought was whoa if I get bogged down casting it's going to it's gonna hurt my acting career and that's what I had come here to focus on at the oh, time yeah, right. and I was worried about I was creating problems that didn't exist really I was saying well what happens when I get an audition and I got auditions right. set up and I can't yeah. and I almost like said no by creating a problem that didn't exist wow. and then I finally said wait a minute just do this you'll make some connections you'll, you'll learn more about the film industry mm-hmm. and if for some reason three weeks from now you have auditions set up for the next day and you get a last minute auditions all it means is you got to get on the phone and call like two hours worth of people mm-hmm. and tell them hey we're moving your time to this time or whatever or the next day or whenever yes exactly like, it, that's actually not a problem that even exists yet and when right. it does exist you already know how to deal with it yes. so i said all right i'll do it and honestly my life and my career changes as a result of it
0: good as good advice don't look for problems that aren't there
1: yes you
0: when, do, it, when it happens, you'll figure it out. It's one of the up.
1: major ways we self-sabotage ourselves mm-hmm. is go, oh, man, if I do that, this will happen. No, you don't know if that will happen.
0: Well, here's the other thing, too. <laughs> I always say to people, um, well, if I do this, and it doesn't work out. I'm always, and I always say this. I'm a certified life coach. I always say this. But what if it does?
1: Well, but here's the thing. Not everything's going to work out. And right. believe it or not, sometimes your failures are where your greatest successes come from. I was going to say,
0: sometimes you're not meant to, for it to work out. There's a reason why it's not working out. But I'm just saying, people go to the negative part always. And I'm like, well, what if it does work out? What if, what, if you, what if you do book it or what if it does what if that tree doesn't fall you know I'm, I'm always like that. just kind of like just sort of counter it I just want to counter people saying negative stuff all the time going there first
1: it's so true so I was I just had lunch with Chris Ray my business partner and we have a bunch of projects lined up for the next basically where our schedule is full for the next to the end of the year okay see blessed bless, bless. but what's funny is there's other projects floating around that are, some of them are bigger and more money and bigger names yes. and better deals for us so it's like oh okay well he's, he'll say to me well what if this happens I say well we move stuff around figure it out like it's going to be a lot of work and scramble or mm-hmm. we hire some more people or we you know and he right. literally said to me hey this deal is going to go through <laughs> so we're probably going to overlap shooting on this film and prep on the next film okay. uh, and then you know what I said alright worst case scenario we bring an extra person out to New York and we, we figure it out it was, and I, I said it's not like we haven't done it before and there was a time when we were scared to death of not having right. focus on right. one right. project right. now right. we Kind of overlap stuff all the time out because we have to
0: good time management, good support staff, you can do many things,
1: yeah, and just stay open to the possibilities, yeah you know
0: that's I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm there with you but I'm just saying good time management and good support staff can do wonders for huh? all kinds of stuff that you can do yeah. and obviously you do that uh, right what kind of writer are you
1: um I am a reluctant writer <laughs> I like that okay. um i that's where like, like that's one of those areas where I i I challenge myself too much on it. so I'm oh, like, okay. I'm like, oh, it's gotta be perfect. So I'll write like thirty pages and then throw them out and then wow. I'll write like forty more pages and then I'll like throw half of those out. like I so scripts take forever to get done because I wrote the script like nineteen times before I'll like get close to anything that's like a whole script yeah and then I'm like I'll hold on to it and won't let anybody read it and then I'll get then I'll put it away and I'll leave it alone for a while and then I'll come back to it and I'll read it and like oh this is terrible and then I'll write half of it over again like so it's it's like I- it's weird. I want it to be perfect, okay. which is like one of those ways that I... No, so thing sustains perfection. No, yeah. things perfection. So it's, it's, a yes. weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, usually I come in and help kind of fix little things i hear about, but I don't do a ton of writing. Okay. So there's just a little bit there and I have a couple projects that because they're my ideas and I have the story so flushed out, I've just said, okay, I'm going to commit to making sure this... And one's a Christmas movie and one mm-hmm. specifically is the Female Revenge uh, Western that we're working yeah. on. Um, but... I, I, very reluctant, and I, I, I kind of clawed away at it, and you know maybe what I'm writing is great. Maybe it, I don't think it sucks, but maybe it's just okay. But we'll 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 see how it all turns out in the wash.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Christmas movies <laughs> are big business. TV yeah. movies and their big Christmas is in.
1: We produce a lot of them. We're involved in a lot of them. So um, and they're they're we, we we're good at them. We know how to make them relatively inexpensively and make them look great.
0: So, you know I was thinking Because of Hallmark Channel They have their Their big thing Live So they all everybody, Everybody's doing Christmas music Hallmark music, right?
1: Lifetime Lifetime movie network yes. Ion on television yes. I mean it's Network after network Is now, yeah. are now doing it know, it's, it's, it's amazing yeah. uh,
0: But then on the flip side Because he's a producer I thought he does all kinds He does everything um, The first time we got acquainted We may have met before we was saying But the first time we got acquainted um, Was for House Not Home last year Yes and you got you did, you produced that. You actually starred in that. What was that experience like? How was that movie?
1: Um, well, st- being the lead and the producer uh, is a lot of work. I'm sure there's several it's hats very there. very tricky. I had to build a bunch of firewalls, and I would probably build them differently if we did it again. Mm, okay. And initially, I wasn't going to be the lead. I was just going to produce. Um, and Christopher Ray, my business partner who also directed... Uh, came to me after we had set a bunch of our casts and goes. I really think you're going to be the best person to do this role, and I went, whoa, stop. Yeah, and he's like, no, I'm serious, and I went, all right, let me think about it. So I thought about it, and then I kind of sat down with him and I said, all right, if if and only yes. if we do this, these are the parameters that we have to have, and because he was going to be directing on set all the time, I would be acting on set almost the whole time because okay. you know my character was number one on the call sheet. Uh, okay. So I was like, we have to put our line producer allison uh in a position to really be prepared to handle all of this yes. and only come to us with certain things and you know make sure we give her more authority but also set her up to succeed as best as best we can and then i just pulled a lot of extra duty like if my call time was seven we had the location locked down 24 hours okay. a day it was all shot at one location but if my call time was 7 a.m i would probably get there at five Chris would probably get there at 5 and if we need to talk any business I'd be like alright by 6 o'clock I want to be done talking business got and it. then it was my hour to get in the space for me to be an actor
0: oh okay got it thing. yes okay, okay. Yeah, just compartmentalize it for a second okay yeah, now here we are apart. as producers now I'm, I am gotta do my job
1: yeah I, I can't It's uh, maybe someone else can do this mm-hmm. but I can't go show you real emotion of me losing my son or my, or my wife being killed in front of me if I'm worried about is, is lunch going to be here on time today? Oh, yeah. Like, it, yeah. They, they just don't. I can do both of those things. Right. I can't do that at the same Sorry. time. So I have to kind of let somebody sense. else <laughs> worry about lunch. And if it's late, it's late. Yeah. I, you know, we'll deal with the person yeah. who made it late. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: don't
1: you don't play with lunch. You don't play
0: with lunch. No, yeah, you don't. You know, you don't play with lunch. You'll play for those money or lunch. Yes, that's true. So the two things you don't play with. Um, and that's the thing. Okay, so, I mean, like, you. So you're you're an actor, you're a producer, casting right. Is there is there out of all those? I'm not gonna say choose one is your best, but is there one that feels the most natural to you? I feel like a producer seems seems natural to you to me.
1: No, I I think you know that's the interesting thing. I really am equally split between creative and wow. and production. I like so I I don't know if I would really be happy just doing one. The i, like I the, the combination of the two really works for me, mm-hmm. and I. I really go to do my work on both sides of it. So, um, you know, as a producer, I I have to learn every day. I mean, it's like every time, uh, years ago, I thought I knew it all and I could just produce Like, yeah, I don't know anything. Like, I learn new stuff every day. I have to be be a better producer every day. I have to go learn a new skill Mm -hmm. every day. And sometimes it's like something pops up and it's like we have a problem and I'm like, okay, how do we fix it? Oh, okay, we can fix it but it costs $13,000. All right, how can we find a way another way around it or who mm-hmm. can we work with that we can learn and how, what part of that can we do ourselves without screwing up our movie in the process mm-hmm. and so you, you learn and you grow uh, and, and p- a big part of it is managing people and being being a boss who is fair but firm and mm-hmm. you know liked but also respected yes. and all those kind of things so and 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 it, that's a lot of work it's a lot of work yes
0: and i want to ask you how is it how is it to delegate for you is it easy
1: or hard? Early on, it was hard <laughs> okay. because um, it's tricky because mm-hmm. one of the things that I that I learned from, from my business partner, Chris Ray, is he's very good at delegating. And if people fail, they fail. We'll fix it. Mm. Me, I'm like, <laughs> I, it's just, like, I want you to prove to me that you... Kind of that, I have some some faith that you won't fail before I give you certain things. You see know what yeah, I mean? Yes, I do. So, it, mm-hmm. so it's like it's kind of that's part of the reason why we work well together because there's yeah. certain things he'll be like, ah, oh, this, and I'll be like, all right, well, I'm kind of keep an eye on this guy a little bit, make yeah. sure this gets done. And then there's other times when it's like, hey, it works out great. I don't have to keep out. Like, thanks for having the faith in him, Chris. So, <laughs> yeah. it's it's tricky. Yeah. um I you have to delegate. At the end of the day, I don't mm-hmm. care if you're a writer, or director actor, if you don't allow other people to contribute to what you're doing, your movie's going to probably stink. Or not not get done. Period.
0: Or not get done. Completion's very important. Um, I ask my guests the same two questions. You guys, you watch this all the time. I don't prep them ahead of time unless they watch the previous show and they remember these questions. But I ask the same two questions of every guest. And so, you ready? Okay. All right. It's all about language for me. It's all about language. Language can stop you. Language can propel you forward. Language can do a lot for you. So number one, what word in English language do you think we should never say anymore? Hmm. Or phrase? So we'll
1: I, phrase. I, um The word never. Like that. Because everything is possible. Right. So, you said it earlier, basically, yeah. You know, most people use those words never in the family of words that is born from to to keep from achieving. And even if it's not like sometimes people um say things like that to you because they care about you. Mhm. So I remember like the I, I told you the idea of me moving to LA and yeah. be yeah. do like any of what I what's happened in my life and my career was not really feasible or possible. Mm-hmm. And people who loved and I know generally love and care about me, mm-hmm. family, friends mm-hmm. said, quote, "Be safe." Mhm get your education, get a good job, get you a house and a wife. Right, right, right. Which, in, 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 no, none of that, that is necessarily bad no, advice. No, not at all. But be safe doesn't, what I didn't hear in any of that was be happy, be fulfilled, love what you do. Yes. Live the life you yes. always dreamed of. Like, that's, you know, and one of the reasons is because when they saw Hollywood or film or TV in their brain, and in most people's brain, something said, that'll never Yes. happen right so i I'll, I'll say
0: never I like that. that's a good one. I like your too. it's a good one, and on the converse of that, so what word do you think we should say more of
1: i'm gonna be all corny i'm gonna say uh love
0: it's no, it's seriously it's been said here before it's an underrated word, I think I think people to take it for granted
1: well and i mean i don't you know I don't mean romantic love, right, I mean right. like love what you do, yes. love life, um love each other from a standpoint of how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. Um, love our environment and how we treat our environment I mean like mm-hmm. um, there's there so many ways that I think that word can be applied and love is different than liking yes. tolerating yes. dealing with yes. doing no love it if yes. you love it and I, I tell it to everybody if you want if you're pursuing anything in Hollywood whether it's acting writing producing directing whatever it is if you love it I say do it with everything you have i, I I'll give you all the help and advice I possibly can. Mm-hmm. If you can't tell me that you love it, then I'm going to tell you go find what you love and find somebody that that can give you advice in that world mm-hmm. because otherwise, I think it's a waste of your time and my time. Mm-hmm. Go do what you love. Mm-hmm. Period. Like that. And I know there's times where you got to yeah, find, and, but it. I really believe that if you really get quiet and still enough and listen to your life and your world, whatever it is you love has been speaking to you since you were probably like 10 years old five years old and you just you just have to get still enough to hear it and then get out of the mindset of never never people telling you be safe and all the things on not knowing how to get it done how to accomplish it. Okay,
0: I am a I am a fan of yours, new fan, <laughs> and you're you're an inspiration. Seriously, no, I def you're definitely welcome to come back anytime. You want to promote anything, you want to come back on the show. No, well, thank you. Seriously, I think I just think one reason why I want to bring you in is because
1: well, if you have Denzel on, I want to come do a scene with him. <laughs> I'll do it right here. I'm
0: all so Denzel. <laughs> one say I know this is like my dream, but first, here's Gerald Webb. <laughs> get it, get it here. I'll
1: do I'll do like the scene from Fences with him. I'll do Viola's part. I'll be like
0: yeah, I've been standing going. right here next to you. <laughs> I love it it's so funny oh uh, yeah it's why i of got to the couch over there in um, that camera over there tell me where they can actually find you in your films and all that kind of stuff
1: uh, I mean you can find me on at Gerald Webb on Twitter Instagram uh, Facebook front slash the Gerald Webb please yep. follow all that that's where I put all my announcements out yeah um, House is Not Home is, is available on Google Play Walmart Amazon are probably mm-hmm. the best places to get it, and uh, we have a movie called Circus Kane coming yeah, out very soon. So take yeah. a look at that.
0: Yeah, it's very good. I'm so excited. I'm, I just you're just you're the best. Um, Breaking Into has a page on Facebook. You go in there and like it. Uh, follow his stuff's gonna be on there. My stuff's on there, of course. This episode will be on there. Go to iTunes and go to YouTube. Go to Breaking Into. We're on there also, and follow all not just this episode, but all my previous episodes. We have some great guests on this show all the time, and and just and again, follow me at James Light Jr. on James Light Jr. on all social media platforms. I'm there everywhere. I will see you guys next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online and I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.